This Blitz podcast is brought to you by Bravado Wireless. Available online at bravadowireless.com. Welcome to 2024. How was your holidays, Ryan? Yeah, thanks for having me this morning. Uh, nice to get the year started off right. <laughs> yeah, the holidays go good for you? Yeah, it was uh, good. A little bit of a whirlwind. Uh, honestly, still haven't done uh, all of my uh, holiday celebrations with family. Thanks to uh, bowl travel and yep. some other uh, work stuff and family stuff all around, but uh, we'll get that knocked out tomorrow. So, uh, yeah, it's uh, good. And, and anytime you're going uh, to, to San Antonio for uh, right around Christmas and New Year's, it's uh, not a bad place to spend some time. No, no, there's no question about that. Well, I know we're going to backtrack, but we'll do that first back to the bowl game because we haven't talked to you since that time. Good moments and bad moments for Jackson Arnold. Of course, six turnovers for Oklahoma overall. Certainly, I didn't hear anybody say, oh, this was the wrong decision. We should have brought Dylan Gabriel back, blah, 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 any of those kinds of things. When you try to sum the game up, we have to talk about the turnovers, but overall, your thoughts? Yeah, obviously the turnovers were uh, the the biggest story uh, on, on either side of the ball, but especially on the offensive side. But there was a lot to like about Jackson Arnold's performance. And, uh, you know, there were some, some freshman mistakes there. I think about that second turnover where he was just really slow getting the ball to Drake Stoops mm-hmm. and, and the safety was able to come over and, and pick it off. And uh, the, those things are, are things that generally you would expect that uh, would get worked through. And I think this experience is going to prove valuable for Jackson Arnold next year. Uh, obviously, he's got to take some significant steps forward, but there was a lot to like, especially in the second and third quarter from what we saw out of Jackson Arnold. The uh, touchdown pass that he had to Nick Anderson that was right on the money and, and where just a per- perfect spotting of it and then showing off the arm strength with the touchdown to Brennan Thompson. So there there was some uh, things to be encouraged about about Jackson Arnold, and I still think that that uh, situation's worked out perfectly for all involved with Dylan Gabriel moving on to Oregon, Jackson Arnold taking on for the Sooners. Um, and then, uh, you know, on the offensive side as well, uh, there's some concerns about the offensive line. They've got to add some more in the portal uh, to, to feel good about things there, but that's not unexpected. Um, and then, uh, you know, we'll see what happens. At, uh, my guess is Jalil Farouk will stick around, but does he uh, move inside for them? Uh, so so a, lot of, a lot of things popped up, I think, in the, the bowl game. They're going to be, you know, interesting to follow uh, moving into next season. No doubt. And, you know, I think Farouk, as a matter of fact, I think he belongs in that slot spot. Now, you weren't going to take Drake Stoops out of it, but, boy, he brings a dynamic um, add there. There's no question about it. And I agree. A couple of the balls Jackson Arnold threw are things freshmen don't normally throw. So he, he it was a timing issue more than anything else when anything else. And once that gets worked out, I think you'll be fine. Let's talk about Drake Stoops here just a moment. He was great again. And, boy, you talk about someone you've come to depend on so much uh, I I don't know that you can put a, a note or a number on how much they'll miss him, and I don't just mean on the field. I mean that cat in the locker room and just being around the program. That's significant, isn't it? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, he was the unquestioned, uh, you know, sort of emotional and uh, leading by example uh, guy leader on this team, and and they're gonna they're gonna miss that, no doubt. 
but it's just remarkable to think about the uh, career arc that that he took and I don't think anybody expected the kind of leap that he made this year and they really needed it because Jalil Farouk is a guy that I think a lot of us expected to be the number one receiver and never really uh, found the footing there Um, and but but Drake Stoops stepped up and, and filled into that void and it did so much not only when he had the ball, which was really evident, but when he didn't have the ball, whether it was blocking, uh, you know, going in motion and, and uh, running all around all over the place to uh, get defenses, uh, you know, going in the wrong direction and, and just did everything that they ask. And, you know, certainly that's something you expect out of a coach's kid, but then he uh, made some of the plays that uh, you couldn't even think to ask for. Uh, you know, I, I think about uh, you know that game against TCU late in the season when he made a couple just sort of uh, jaw-dropping plays there late. So um, they'll, they'll definitely miss him for sure. Someone had asked me the other day, and again, we're talking to Ryan Aber, our OU insider from the Daily Oklahoma, and we'll find out what he's working on here in a couple of minutes. Someone had asked me to ask you if you thought he had any shot at the next level at any place. I mean, play for his dad in Arlington, play in the NFL. What do you think? Yeah, I'm. I'm certainly not going to discount that uh, at all, given uh, you know what he was able to do at Oklahoma. I think it'll be a little bit difficult for him, but I think he's a guy who can do the uh, the grind of uh, starting off on special teams and finding a way to to uh, you know have the time to to uh, settle into a role in the NFL. And you know, it's uh, you know not something that I would necessarily. Uh, bet on, but I'm also not going to bet against Drake Stoops, <laughs> given what he's done. So it's not going to surprise me if he's a guy who, uh, you know, uh, battles and keeps on uh, trying and finally uh, finds a role in the NFL because, uh, you know, no one's going to work harder, that's for sure. Yeah, there's no doubt. Now, one of the articles I'd seen you re- had written lately was on what you think Oklahoma must address in twenty to, going into 24. You said there were four things. Give us a little taste of what you're talking about there. Yeah, I think obviously, you know, you look at Jackson Arnold's development uh, there. That's something that's got to continue to grow. I think, uh, you know, they, they certainly need to uh, address the backup quarterback spot. You know, they like those guys that they brought in in that uh, 2024 class, but you don't expect those guys to be ready to play uh, next year. So I think, I think they've got to get some uh, veteran uh, veteran presence behind Jackson Arnold, uh, both in case Jackson Arnold gets hurt. And if, uh, you know, something gets sideways there, um, I think Casey Thompson is a good, uh, a good bet for them uh, based on uh, you know where he's from and everything else. And also the fact that he's got a chance to uh, be a guy who's, uh, all right with the backup role initially in that mentor role, but uh, certainly has the ability to step in uh, when needed. I think they need to, need to uh, address some things in the offensive line, as we mentioned, especially at one of the guard spots. They've got a couple of guys coming in uh, you know, this week that uh, they're hoping can, uh, you know, one of them can help with that. And then uh, you know, on the, the other side of the ball, they've got to get some uh, experience on that defensive line because, again, sort of similar with quarterbacks, they feel really good about the guys they brought in in the 2024 class, guys like 
David Stone and Danny Okoye and a couple of the others, but uh, they need some experience that can step in there and be SEC ready. Uh, so I think those are going to be some of the things that they're going to need to address and they're they're trying to address uh, here in the offseason so far. A couple more minutes here with Ryan Aber, our OU insider from the Daily Oklahoma. It's 746 on the Blitz 1170. Bob Stoops coming up at 810 this morning. I'm Rick Corey with Bryce Hulse. Ryan, you ended there talking about the defense. They're bringing back some uh, major keys in certain positions like Danny Stutzman, Billy Bowman, Woody Washington. And then, you know, you mentioned the defensive line and they'll have Ethan Downs, DeJon Terry and Jacob Lacey. Uh, how important do you think it is that they'll have a lot of uh, familiar positions and when it comes to their role in the SEC next year? Yeah, I think that was big, bringing guys, those guys back that you mentioned, especially those guys up front that have been uh, solid rotational guys, and they, they built up a decent amount of depth there. They need some more uh, playmaking, but uh, certainly have been heading in the right direction. I think getting Danny Stutzman and, and Billy Bowman back in particular was huge. Danny Stutzman, you know, we talk about Drake Stoops on the defense, offensive side and what he means. Danny Stutzman is that guy on the defensive side that uh, everybody rallies around and everybody follows. And, you know, there's a reason why that, uh, you know, the six quarters he missed were basically the six quarters that kept OU out of the Big 12 championship game. And uh, getting him back was a a massive uh, win for Brent Venables and the Sooners for more than just what he does uh, when it comes to tackles and, and things like that. And then Billy Bowman was fantastic all year. Playmaking uh, it was, uh, you know, the the interception totals. What he did with those interceptions was something that just hasn't been done at OU, and um, it, it was really important for them to to get that piece back as well. I think uh, Woody Washington maybe gets overlooked a little bit because of what Billy Bowman did, uh, but he w- was really important. Uh, keep as well and I I thought that uh, it was a good move for him I think he's a guy who needs to uh, show some more things on film before he makes that leap into the NFL and I think he's going to have a chance to do that with what the SEC is so uh, you know they they still need to bolster that defense and especially like I've mentioned a lot up front but uh, they feel really good about the guys that they've got coming back and the progress that they've made in the uh, the signing class. Yeah, you mentioned you know Stutzman for more than just his ability on the field. Just the moment when he ran over to Jackson Arnold after the game and said, I got you, we're family, that kind of thing. That's the kind of thing Danny Stutzman brings that you can't quantify. Yeah, absolutely. And it, it wasn't just that. You know, he did it did the exact same thing after Arnold's first interception, you know, really early in the game. He walked over and made it a point to, to say something. And that that's just who Danny Sussman is and what he's become for not only this defense, but the entire team. And uh, it, like I said, all you've got to do is look at those six quarters that he was out and realize uh, the importance to Danny Sussman uh, on and off the field for the Sooners. So, uh, a big win win for them uh, getting him back and then uh you know there was a few things better so far this year than uh, or I guess last year however we mm-hmm. want to quantify it uh than uh the the video that he made to announce his return because <laughs> anytime you get uh Brian Bosworth involved and the uh, uh Barry Switzer's uh you know fur coat yeah uh, you're you're 
you're doing something right. Yeah, as a matter of fact, there was a funny moment at our house during the holiday that that commercial or that promo. I showed it to my wife and my daughter, who are both huge fans. My daughter, my youngest, of course, is at A and M, huge fans. And my daughter looked at him and she said, "Well, I, I know that guy." She looked at Boz. She said, "I know that guy. That's the guy, you know, from Fanville, Fansville." <laughs> <laughs> and I said, "No, that's that's Brian Boz. We're at the Boz." She goes, "Oh, did he play?" <laughs> 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 yeah, I mean that's that's who Boz is now to yep. to uh, a lot of people. Yep, is the, the sheriff of Fansville, but uh, yeah, he he could play a little bit yes. back in the day for yeah. sure. Oh, I told her I said, okay, right now we're going to YouTube and showing some, and she's a great fan, but twenty six years old, so she was not a was not aware of the Boz. I just thought it was funny that now he's the sheriff of Fansville. All right, uh, two things before we, or one thing before we get to basketball. We want to talk about the move to the SEC in every sport, you know, and, and that's important in everything you do well, but football is king of the roost. I think going into the year, many fans would have said, oh, I'm not sure ready for the SEC, and they would have said probably the same about Texas. Now, as I think about the Sooners going into the SEC, I see who they kept. I see the momentum there. I see who they're adding from the portal, like, you know, they get Malaska, and I know he's a preferred walk-on, but we know the kid can play. They're getting, you know, they got the big recruit um, yesterday, the 24 commit. Uh, those guys coming in, I think they're way better off than even I thought they were about a year ago going into the SEC. What do you believe? Yeah, I, I think certainly that they've done the things that they needed to do to get ready. Now, you know, again, like I mentioned, I think there's areas where they still need to get better in to be able to be in the best position to compete immediately. But they're doing what they need to do on the recruiting trail. They're adding uh, pieces in the portal that make sense uh, for, for what they're trying to do and what they, they're going to face. Uh, moving forward so yeah I think they're in a, a good spot I think obviously what Texas has done uh, you know makes you you wonder if they're not behind them but that's I think more of a testament of what Texas has done to to build things up and the way that uh, Steve Sarkeesian has uh, thrived there where uh, some of their recent uh, other coaches have not uh, more than anything so uh, yeah, I think they're in, in strong position moving forward. But, again, they need to keep making that push because uh, the SEC is a different animal. And just the depth of things, I mean, you, you know, you look at their schedule next year and then that uh, last kick, and that's something that uh, they're not facing in the Big 12 that they're mm-hmm. going to have to deal with uh, not only next year, but it's it's going to be uh, – you know, a regular thing that you're going to have stretches like that. No doubt. All right, how about Porter Mosher's team playing really well and heading into Big 12 play? How do you believe they're going to stack up? Yeah, I, I think they're in really good position here uh, moving forward. You know, the the last couple games, uh, bouncing back from that loss, Central Arkansas and Monmouth haven't been, you know, pristine at times, but they've been able to do what they needed to do, especially in the second half of those games to uh, come out with victories. I think you look at the schedule, uh, you know, yes, it's tough, but every Big 12 schedule is tough. But, you know, they they play Kansas and Texas twice each, but uh, those other ranked teams in the league, uh, they've only got uh, once each, uh, BYU, Houston, and and uh, who's the other one I'm blanking on uh, right now, who they got. Uh, well, I guess it's just BYU and Houston. Uh, that are ranked right now, 
that they've, they've got to face uh, those teams uh, just or Baylor is the other one uh, once each. So I think they've got a manageable big 12 schedule. I think their defense gives them a chance to have their uh, first winning record in the big 12 under Porter Moser. And uh, you know, I, I think this is, this team's looking like a tournament team with the uh, not only what they've been able to do at the top with Otega Owe and JV on McCollum, but just the depth that they've been able to bring and, and the success of those portal guys in uh, uh, that have allowed them uh, to do that as quickly as they've been able to after how disappointing last year was. Yep. All right. So what are you working on for the Oklahoma in the next couple of days? Yeah, working on uh, a couple things. One, looking at the uh, early enrollees for uh, next season uh, and those guys that are going to be on campus uh, next week uh, starting uh, getting ready for uh, the 2024 season. Some of those guys even practice uh, down at the bowl site with the Sooners. And then also uh, I'll actually uh, be at basketball uh, this week and, and uh, covering their, their game against Iowa State as uh, we're transitioning a little bit on the, uh, the OUB at the Oklahoman, and I'm going to fill in on that uh, as the number one guy for a while. So that'll be, uh, be interesting to, to get back to LNC on a regular basis on the men's side and, and be able to uh, see what Porter Moser's team is uh, cooking up. Outstanding. All those things in the Daily Oklahoman with our OU insider, Ryan Aber. Welcome to 2024, my friend. I hope you get to help you get everything you want when you see the family in your, uh, for your Christmas celebration, and thanks for your time. Yeah, I appreciate it. Thank you so much, and uh, have a great one. You bet. Thank you for listening to this exclusive Blitz 1170 podcast from Bravado Wireless.